What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome back to EXPN. I'm Warren Rustborough. And I'm Dirk Bradley. The Fallow Crown has taken their first tentative steps into Eudaimonia, the heavenly plane home to Penelope Farthing, their erstwhile team member and plural fame. Alright, see, now I know you're full of bunk and fluff. If this is home to Penny Farthing, why did Bad Penny come here? Wouldn't she have her own plane to call home? Some sort of wrong boy heaven full of dank, sweaty petitioners? Where mermaids are the other way around, and human legs and genitals sprout from bullnecks? Where dishes are always dirty, and the food is always cold in the middle? First of all, it is both inaccurate and unimaginative to call her Bad Penny. Whatever she is, she earned her pseudo-singularity, and as such, her choices are her own. She is no more bound to do evil than you nor I. Now, Penny Dreadful. That, at least, has some literary panache. Oh my god, second of all? And second of all, her and Penny Farthing were both derived from the same base soul. So Eudaimonia is their home. However, because Penny Dreadful was a singular before her reintegration, she is able to claim primacy of vacated vessels while retaining the form and ancestry of those she inhabits. What the hells are you talking about? I asked for an explanation and you gave me like 50 new things to be confused about. Well, I'm sorry our singular minds struggle to grasp the cosmic simplicity and elegance of plural beings. Uh, in common, please? While Penny Dreadful is in Pentecost's body, they share everything including a past and origin. There. Was that so hard? No, it was just stupid. We'll be right back after some words from our sponsors. Your hearts skip a beat. Dark curly hair, freckles, antlers, white spots. But this is not Penny, nor Pennycos, nor any other version of that fay you called friend. There's something diminished about her, something off, her smile too broad, her eyes too wide. Pale blue rather than the gold-flecked green of Penny Farthing. What are you doing here? Busha, seeing this little figure in front of him, is immediately reminded of the last time he met a fawn and everything that went terribly wrong. Like a scared child, he's going to hedge behind Iavos and like nudge him forward a little bit toward the thing. Hello there. Uh, and then I'm going to repeat hello in a very poorly spoken of Damon. Oh, wow. You put the effort in, and that's what matters. Uh, That's our whole career. (laughs) Uh, We're here looking for a friend of ours. Um, Her name is Penicos. Oh, that's my sister. Your sister? 
It's so lovely to meet you. We are very close friends with your sister. Mm. I'm not her yet. Oh, okay. I think for a moment. I think I understand. I- I'm Echo. Echo. I've heard your name spoken before. It's very fine to meet you. Likewise. I don't know any of you. Nor we you, truly. Uh, this is Wusha, Gaspar, Halifon Orison Jr., and my name is Iavos. I don't understand any of those names, and I'm probably going to forget them. You're, uh, you're not going to try to eat me, are you? What? No. You're not the part of the sacrifice. Wish I will visibly relax and step out from behind Iavos. Oh, I see. I pat Wusha on the shoulder. <gasps> we met another one of Penicos's sisters, and she turned into a dragon and tried to eat him. Which one? Oh, oh, you're probably talking about Rhea. She likes to eat people. Thankfully, we avoided that fate. Only bad people, and you seem very nice. Barely. Well, we have never been to this world before, and we are very much outsiders. I don't suppose you have any kind of offering of advice on where we could go or how we should start looking for our friend. I'm realizing now that you're probably the people we were waiting for. I thought maybe you were dead people, but I see now that you're not. Well, Gaspar excluded. Ah. Some of us are already there. I see. And back again. How is it that you came to know that we were arriving? Oh, uh, Rhea told us. Uh, we need um, a sacrifice of words. Sacrifice of words? She's been so angry since she came back. Oh, great. That is how we left her, yes. The Darkwood has gotten much worse as well. Oh dear, that we are familiar with. Ambrose went in after uh, everything went bad, and he never came back. Is that another one of Pinnacos' siblings? Yes. Are there more of you waiting for us? Can we go to that place to speak with them? Or Waiting is a strange way to put it. We are just kind of doing things, and then if you come, then you came. I was taking a bath. You look down and you see that she's wearing a very sheer kind of toga and pretty much nothing else. I'm not supposed to take a bath in here. It's sacred, but that makes the water better. As long as you don't bring any coins in, I think you'll be fine. (laughs) I don't get it. That's okay. I apologize for the uh, inside joke. Do you have any advice on where we can go from here? We'd be happy to speak to more of Pentecost's family. Oh, no, you're coming with me. Oh, uh, well... Looking at the other three as like, does this seem cool? Oh, that's easy. Seems as if everybody has been anticipating us. Gilder, Echo. Well, if memory serves, Penny's mother was a soothsayer. A, a... Calliope, I think. Yes. <laughs> You're funny. I didn't think you knew her name. So this has all been foretold. That is a funny way to put it. You, you have a, you have a line that follows you in your life, and we can kind of see it. I would like my lines to be obscured. Good luck. Well, either we have an unexpected guide or we wander around aimlessly in a strange extra dimension, which sounds a bit dangerous. I have no objection following them. I suspect if we don't, we'll get very lost very quickly. Uh, now remember... Wusha especially, all the rules we followed when we were in Kinuit about dealing with the inhabitants there. That goes double here. 
Uh, can we get a quick refresher on those rules just in case Wuxia has forgotten any of them? <laughs> I have taken a few blows to the head since then. Uh, the foundation of this being not to make any deals without the group being involved and be very careful sharing personal information and uh, mind that everything personal about us as singulars is a currency to them in some way. What, do you think we're some kind of street fay? Not at all, uh, but we have a knack for finding the worst wherever we go, and we're preparing for anything. This is eudaimonia. The worst is in one place only. Everything else is the best. Something tells me we'll find our way there. I think so. She steps out of the bath. The house you are in is a mirror of the one from which you came, with two notable exceptions. The walls are heavy with grapevines, and the statue at the center is feminine, though no less destroyed. She proceeds to a dressing room and comes out wrapped in a towel. She proceeds out the door into a hall. Uh, these ripe? Point at the grapevines. Probably. Nothing here is unripe, I think. I'm going to pluck a grape, pop it in my big old woo mouth. It is the most delicious thing you've ever tasted. I will continue to eat grapes. <laughs> <laughs> they are perfectly sweet, perfectly tart. Even the skin doesn't get caught in your teeth or stuck to the roof of your mouth. It just simply slides down your throat in a perfect juicy cascade. With a mouthful of sweet, sweet juice, I'm going to look at the rest of my team and say, uh, how long are we supposed to be here? We'll find out soon. <laughs> All of these statues, this kind of reminds me of a place that Penny described in a story she told me. How curious. If you like statues, get ready for the hallway. The hall that she mentioned boasts a pantheon of ancient gods on either side. The pedestal immediately to your right is empty. Is there a name on it? No. However, you do see that at the very base are two hooved feet mm. that have been severed from the rest of the statue. Was, wasn't one of these statues where Penny got Arsenicos? Hey, hello. How do you know that name? Uh, Panikos is a very dear friend of ours. We were there when it happened. Wow, she just runs around saying everything, huh? Well, we were, unfortunately, slightly involved with the aftermath thereof. I assume you know her better than we do, too. That is a complicated thought. We know a version of her that is much bigger than your version, but it's like... It's like if you knew someone's eye very, very well, but you'd never talked to them. That's what you have. Detailed understanding of her eye. I'm pretty sure I've seen the rest of her. Okay. He's not great with metaphors. Okay. I'm good with semaphore, though. (laughs) Don't even get me started on aquifers. (laughs) (laughs) Seems one of your statues is missing or broken. No, it's supposed to be gone. Yeah, that looks intentional. Looks like it's about a foot tall. No? Nothing? All right. I struggle with uh, mortal humor. So does (laughs) Wusha. She leans into Gaspar and says, Actually, I don't. He's just not very good. (laughs) As we walk down the hall, I assume that there is uh, some... Keen significance to the broken statue, but I'm also looking to see if any of them are missing a sword and a shield that look like they would be holding them. 
In fact, you see nothing that suggests war or combat or hostility. You see a god of scrolls. You see a god of lenses. You see a god of fruits and vines. You see a god of all sorts of things. Of the 30 or so that you walk past, none of them seem to suggest anything even close to violence. A god of scrolls. Now this place has it figured out. Oh, wait, you see the library. Oh, be still, my heart. Hopefully I've learned enough F. Damon to be able to read most of it. You, Damon, you, still, you talk just like her. It's true, I was educated by someone who was told by their sister that they pronounce things poorly. She has a speech impediment. I would have never known. It only happens when she says things that annoy people. That makes sense, actually. She continues, and as you exit, your eyes are rendered blind by the dazzling light of Eudaimonia. You stand on a hillside, rich with vegetation and all manner of life. The cool, wet wind brings memories of autumn as you take in the world around you. Even from a great remove, the vast cities of this hallowed place, long reclaimed by nature, bring awe to your soul. Towering spires of black and white marble, long-shuttered market streets miles long, yawning coliseums sundered under the strength of great elder trees which sprouted millennia ago and supped on the nutrients of the blood-rich soil. This city, whose name is lost to time, is older than many worlds, and is among the smallest of wonders to bless this plain. Yet heaven, it seems, is not without its blemishes. To the west, a gnarled swamp reaches on as far as the eye can see, and at its border, great flames burn to keep the rot at bay. When and if we find Pentecost, it will be nice to be able to understand what she was talking about when she spoke of home. This is... So much to take in. Wusha is going to wipe sticky juice off of his chin and say, Feel like I've been here before. Looks exactly like her bedroom. You're one of the few people who can leave a bathhouse messier than you entered. (laughs) It's a true skill. That is where you will go. She points to the dark wood. Fingers crossed at the Coliseum. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, more that way. There it is. You're telling us that is where Panikos is? Why do you keep calling her that? Uh, I guess Penny mispronounces her own name. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Rhea has been very, uh, uh, quiet. About what? Penelope? Yes. Everything. Everything. We are not curious like you people. Ah. So, you tell us the worst things are all in one place. Two points at the Darkwood. And that is where we go. Yes. We are so welcome in this plane. Yes. Now you're understanding. You're not a petitioner. You don't belong here. You're an accident. That's what Mama always said. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Mm. But I still dislike you. That's okay. You don't have to like me. As long as our destination is where Pen is, then we're going in the right direction. I certainly hope so. But I think you might be a little disappointed by what you find. That has been true much lately. We should probably find uh, the siblings. If we do encounter Rhea, I look to Wusha and do like a gesture of a zipper over the lips. Wusha is going to nod his head emphatically and give you a big old thumbs up. 
You continue along a marble path and find ruined marble structures, all repurposed for personal use. Yurts and tents pepper the landscape, anywhere the ruins have left enough space. This village, without name, is bustling with life. Fawns, satyrs, taurus, and centaur work and play beneath the golden sun. There is no infrastructure to speak of, no modernity, yet resources seem abundant. Unblemished fruits, meat carts teeming with morsels, stacks of amber wheat waiting to be ground. You see no labor force, no vistas of farmlands worked to the blood by a peasant class. The only work is a joy to those who do it, and more a social call than true labor. Cooking, sewing circles, looms, and lumber piles, all tended by folk at play. Iavo sees a very young group of fawnlings mirthfully leaping through some flowers and like visibly grips his heart and winces. It's such adorable splendor. They're so precious. They're just like little pennies. Things are really starting to make sense about Pen. Well, you didn't even know the penny that we knew. This speaks loudly of her mannerisms and her outlook on life. The one you met was more of a warrior, a reincarnation of war, the hunting. I did know her for a short time, but not as well as you did. That's true. You did meet her briefly. We've been through so much. It all blurs together. That's true. Your home is beautiful, Echo. Thank you. We do our best. Actually, we don't do much to keep it beautiful. It just kind of ends up that way. Me too. I tripped and fell and accidentally washed all my dishes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, not to labor the point too much, but where's the rest of the siblings? Oh, I don't know. Epiphany likes to do all sorts of things. I stand on cliffs. I don't know why. And the mean one? The mean one? None of them are mean. Oh, do you mean Rhea because she tried to eat you? Oh, that one. Okay. Uh, she is, um, she's at the amphitheater. We'll go there eventually. And I believe a great deal of her anger was based on the fact that she was in a mortal realm when we met her and that she was dealing with her sister. Maybe she'll be of higher spirits this time. I genuinely hope so. I don't think you will be very happy about it. Ah, crap. <laughs> well, Echo, you are our guide. We will follow you. Oh, we could uh, we could play some games. We could throw some bones. Um, I can make a food. Uh, the objective of our game is to find Penicos as oh. soon as we can. Right. Okay. Yeah. She hits her head softly. I keep forgetting that you're not here for um bliss. Look, I wouldn't say no to a bite of food after what I tasted here, but uh, Yavos, you're right. I can't let my stomach. Pull me where my eyes aren't meant to go. Something gently bumps your elbow. Ah! There is a meat cart before you. Oh. Smoked meats, cured meats, meats of all kinds. Uh, some of them roasted, some of them raw, all of them designed to be eaten right now. Like a waiter carrying a wine glass between every finger, I'm going to take a fistful of a variety of meats. <laughs> I put my hand on his forearm and looked to Echo. Are these given freely? They're here because he wanted them. Wonderful. As long as you can walk and eat, it's fine. She looks at the vendor, if he can indeed be called that. The man looks like he is carved entirely out of gold, with no hair or any other marks or blemishes. He smiles a golden smile. He gestures to the food. Your graciousness, 
shines upon me today, gold guy. It was pleasant to meet you. The smile falters a little bit. He turns to your friends and says, Is he always like this? Yes. <laughs> I see. Are you always like this? Yes. To be fair, it was nice to meet you is one of his better jokes. Ah, I see. Well, take what you need. Thank you. I really beefed that one. The cart moves on as you are still eating, uh, as though the moment you have enough food, he knows you've had enough food. For a man with one leg, you eat and walk very well, Wusha. Years of practice. <laughs> you continue on your way. Echo leads you through the village, eventually finding a cliff. And on it, a woman. Curly black hair bounces about the cheeks of this slight young person. She wears spectacles, no doubt handmade if their rustic design is to be any indication. Her pale cheeks, dusted with freckles, twist into a thoughtful expression. She wears a simple white robe with undyed linen tunic and pants beneath. She holds some manner of device, not unlike a sextant, and stares down whatever sights it has at the darkwood. It is only now that you realize this person is a human, or at least they appear to be. Yep, it's getting bigger. Ray was right. Uh, are you Epiphany? Yes. And you are? Uh, my name is Iavos. I'm a friend of Penny's. Oh. Oh. We are all friends of Penn's. We were told about you. That's exciting. Hi there. Hello. I shake your hand, but I'm as greasy as they come. You are too large to be nervous. Why are you so apprehensive? That's not true at all. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, I've only met two of uh, your ilk, and uh, half of them tried to eat me. I, I am eager to find one, and the other one we didn't leave on good terms. So uh, uh, I'm sure as soon as my little storm settles, I'll be happy as a clam. I won't try to eat you. At least not like that. She points at you and then regrets it immediately. I'm a salty treat. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> So, Epiphany, what is your role in our adventure here? Blood. Well, <laughs> she lied straight to our face. All right, <laughs> 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 oh, Okay, not threatening at all. Not yours. Mine. Don't worry. In time you'll understand. I find it interesting that uh, Eudomians, is that accurate? Eudaemon. Eudaemon. Uh, being a sibling of Penny, uh, having none of her deer-like features, which is fascinating and wonderful. Wait till you see her uh, other siblings. We aren't um, crude beasts made of meat and flesh or bone. We are not put together by DNA that is a shot at each other like a game. We are intentional, and we look the way we look because we want to look like that. Does that mean, since you're, since you're a, a people-looking fawn. Are there some that are just deer-looking fawn? I am not a people-looking fawn, and fawn are all people. I am in aspect at least a human. Is there some that's in aspect at least deer? Yes. Oh. But some of what is the problem, and I think you don't understand. And that's fine. You don't have to. Oh, thank the mother. It is the hubris of your people to feel the need to understand everything and put it all into... Comfortable categories. 
things you can process and then log away and then make decisions about without their consent. As she says that, I'm like putting Opus away after taking some notes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's easy for some of us to be confused. The penny that we met manifested in our world and for all intents and purposes for our dealings was meat and bone. I know I patched it up several times, but she was a dear friend of ours and that's not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. And I'm sure that's the way you see it. But uh, as an educated man, and I assume educated in the ways of the arcana, you're probably also aware that energy and matter and all of these things are the same. And so if the energy wills itself to be meat, then there is meat. Yes, I've learned much of this in the past months. It is also safe to say that the shape that we inhabit are the rules that we inhabit in the same way that I cannot fly unless I use magic to do so. But if I was a bird, you'd bet your sweet bippy that I would be flying everywhere. Or or there some of you that is an aspect of a bird? You are asking the same question twice. Hey, Hal. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and just stop understanding. I did that ages ago. Oh, I'm in good company. We should probably find Apaphras. I'm sure they will be delighted to have something to do other than embarrass themselves. Epiphany walks past you towards a large ruin, too large to be a house. They pull aside a hide covering and step through. Inside, you find the dirty floors of the wide open space within, divided into rooms, much like a modern home. Living room, kitchen, bedroom. There are only two things missing. Walls and chairs. There's practically no seating at all. A sob from the kitchen explains why. Epaphras is a portly thing. Not obese, just heavy. This would not be out of place here, save that it adds more weight than the horse body beneath was intended to carry. Apophorus is a woolly chestnut paint, not unlike a Shetland, only one size too small for the olive-complected person protruding from where the neck should be. The dreadlocks of their hair are adorned with beads and baubles which jangle loudly as they careen about the kitchen trying to make what appears to be a shepherd's pie. As they turn to you, their bloodshot eyes shine blue in the dim light of the ruin. I'm sorry. I awoke from a vision where I ruined the dinner. I didn't know who I was cooking for, but now I see the prophecy has come true. (laughs) Please don't be sad. Is there anything I can do to help in the kitchen? I don't know how to make the shepherd's pie. I've been trying for hours. How did you decide to make a shepherd's pie, then? That was what I was supposed to make. Uh, Well, I know my mother's version. I can show you that. That sounds wonderful. Who's your mother? That is a very complicated question. Is it? It is. I was told so many things about mortals, and this is the one time I ask a question, and I get it wrong. I'm a a bad example of the average mortal. (laughs) Here, let's cut some onions together. I'm already (laughs) crying enough. (laughs) Then it won't matter. Oh, The tears are already falling. I can pretend that I am... Oh, I see. I can pretend that the tears are from... That is so clever. I could never think of anything like this. If it makes you feel better, horse friend, I get questions wrong all the time. Horse friend? I point at the horso, which is horse torso. I am centaur. (laughs) Good. Wusha doesn't understand a lot of natural things. Our centaur is not friends with horses. Horse friend. Now I'm even more confused than I was before. Let's just focus on the mise en place. 
I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Epiphany, why are you bringing angry mean friends to my place to make me feel worse about my terrible pie? How bad is this pie? It's not even a pie. It's just a collection of ingredients that have been poured into a bowl with some mashed potatoes put on top of it. That sounds like how I make shepherd's pie, personally. (laughs) Somebody's got to eat it. But there's no gravy and none of them are properly cooked. You can still see the suspenders in it. (laughs) (laughs) It still sounds like how I make shepherd's pie. It could be said that it is easily recoverable. You just need to pull the things out, cook them, and then put them back in with a gravy. But this seems to be beyond them. That's my goal, though, is to help fix it up into something edible and educational. (laughs) Uh, go ahead and give me a hmm, survival or knowledge nature roll. Oh, you know I'm going knowledge nature. <laughs> 16. Nice. It's not your best pie, but mind you, you're working with some pretty poorly handled ingredients in a pretty rustic environment. One that was built for, you know, a horse. Right. And some <laughs> fairly exotic ingredients, I'm sure. Indeed. Most of the meats seem to be from animals you've never seen. Most of the fruits and vegetables don't seem to be anything you know anything about. But all of them smell and look delicious, and every single time you take a taste, you're astounded by how much better they are than most of the things you've cooked, even with all of the resources that you needed. You also find that it doesn't take the normal amount of time to roast inside of this oven. It's done within five minutes, and it's done perfectly. There's a beautiful golden crust on the top. Everything's nestled inside. There's no gravy overspill. It's exactly the way it should be. Hmm. I wonder if the lack of needing to try makes it taste better or worse. Wusha will sidle up to Iavos and say, You know, if you need someone to test it, I'm happy to volunteer my services. Uh, Pulling it perfectly baked out of the oven and being like, I think we can all test it together as one. Despite its steamy aesthetic and extreme heat, when you put it near your mouth, you don't feel a heat. You instead just feel the perfect level of warmth. The bite is exactly as it should be. A picture-perfect shepherd's pie, as if from a textbook. But it lacks something. It's perfect, but not right. All of you, mortals anyway, can sense a feeling of melancholy about it. Now, I've been on a ship before where the cook served us terrible pie, and this, much better. I think the magic of empathy through food is something that Iopos deeply understands. Apophras is weeping gently at the end of the table as they... Shovel mouthful after mouthful into their face. It's perfect. It is. It's lovely. It's impossible not to cook some of your feelings into your food, though. They swallow. I see that. I understand. I'm sorry you're tasting my tears. It's an important thing to taste every now and then. Perhaps a fitting beginning to this quest. Yes. I have many tears to shed. You have to understand that everybody here is... So good, and everything is so right. But I am a manifestation of the satisfaction of sorrow. Unfortunately, that means that I am the only one who properly cries and I stand when they don't want to, because they cry when they want to. I know you think that everyone here is perfect and good, but those around you now are all hot messes. I agree. <laughs> we are real screw-ups. Every day. Normally, Penny was the one who would help me in the kitchen. Not cooking, of course. She's a terrible cook. But love is the best spice. And she always had a dash to spare. (laughs) Had a dash to spare! She was always really good at getting rid of all of the carrot tops and celery leaves. It is probably time we find Zosimus. 
Yes, certainly. He is our brother. He will be very happy to see you, I think. We'll see him. We'll be going through the entire lineage until we reach Pentecost. Even as you say the words, you realize it's organized, deliberate. You almost feel like you're in a stage play, as though you're being watched by people who love you, and as though everything has to work out. At the end of the show, at the end of the act, everything will come to a nice neat package and move on to the next. You don't feel a sense of anxiety about what is to come, only a sense that it's all been done before. I imagine our next destination is conveniently close, as though it was there waiting for us. That would be nice. Yavos? Gasper? Hal, do you know if we can volunteer to do more cooking-related adventures? <laughs> we'll find out from Rain when we get back. It would be a real nice change of pace. For you, maybe. <laughs> Fair. As you step out, as if the world was listening to you, you see a great tower. The library is what it has always been, since time immemorial, or perhaps time irrelevant. This structure has stood as a repository for knowledge. It is the only building that is not a ruin. Whether by the kindness of time or the cruelty of fate, it should live to watch all of its brethren crumble. Hello? Where? I'm here. I'm here, my love. Oh, my love. How I've longed to be close. Close enough to touch. To feel you. To be inside of you, my darling. Oh, I cannot wait. It is beyond my imagining to know what awaits me. What my future brings. Will I be as God or devil? A lowly supplicant or a decadent lord? What... Exquisite truths will you show me? What suffering will lay bare my soul? I yearn to become one, a host to the wonders of your flesh. (laughs) My love, you wound me. Your walls close, as though I would remain within the antechamber to my own heaven. To stand in the foyer whilst beyond waits everything I have ever hoped for. You need only show me the door, my love. The door. The door. There must be a door. Please! I have worshipped you since I laid eyes upon you. I beg of you. 
Show me the door to my floor. Let me take my place as guardian of your secrets. The door! Please, my love! The door! The door! No! No! Ah! to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You know that feeling you get when you look at your lover, the sensation you feel when you want to tell them you'll be together forever. It's the strongest feeling in the world, so you need the right symbol to represent it. This year, Don't just give them a diamond ring. Get them a ring that describes how they make you feel. Enchanted. At Xerina, we specialize in magically attuned rings bound with powerful arcane runes. For birthdays, fire protection, because they're hot enough already. Anniversary, water breathing, because they take your breath away. Engagement, protection, because it's a good general enchantment with lots of utility. They're the one. Give them the one ring, not that one ring, one of ours, Zirina, a circle enclosed, binds all things. Hey, all you cuties. Once, twice, three times a mid-roll. We hope you're loving this new chapter of Battle Axis. We've been a bit ahead in recording, so we've just been waiting and chomping at the bit for listeners to get to hear where this chapter goes. And let me tell you, it's a doozy. Sorry to say we won't have a live premiere on Twitch tonight the day this goes live because me and Zach will be DMing for the first ever Goblin Up at Wayfinder, and our wonderful stream host Dana will be in attendance. I can't express how important it is for a production like ours to have supporters. To say we wouldn't exist without our Patreon is in no way an exaggeration. This project would have died long ago without that support to make it the best it can be. So a genuine, heartfelt thank you to all of our contributors. And as is my task in this mid-roll we call life, a nudge in the right direction for anyone who wants to join the Patreon and show support of their own. You've heard a lot about our rewards, but you'll have to see them to believe them. Our current legendary mid-roll teams are the Twilight Concord, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Titans Rise, with Christopher Mashburn, Dylan Hoyt, a.k.a. Meat Dad, John Reinhardt, and Lizaris. To get a personal message read on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com and follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdashstreams for Monday Night Live premieres. Our temporary mailing address while we're waiting for a new P.O. Box is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon, 97214 if you have anything you're dying to send the cast. Please, no homemade food. Ah, forgot about that one, didn't you? And I have a special message from our very own Dana to her older brother, Sidonis. Thank you for always being my biggest fan. 
wishing you a happy birthday and success on all your adventures. And a happy birthday from all of us at Slapdash. These are my favorite kinds of messages to read because they make my heart feel good. Also, our very own Micah Loving has been recovering from a recent surgery. Please don't worry, he's recovering very well, but as a result, he had to miss several weeks of work. Being his family's sole source of income, things have become very tight. So on February 7th, from noon to midnight Pacific time, there's going to be a stream hosted on Twitch to help support him in this recovery. The channel is twitch.tv forward slash deadghostproductions. You can find Michael's info on the cast page at the LUQ.com for social media and stay tuned in the Discord for updates about this stream. Once again, that's February 7th from noon to midnight Pacific time at twitch.tv forward slash deadghostproductions. I don't want to speak for Michael, but I have a hunch he'd be very grateful for anyone who could turn up to the show. We're really looking forward to sharing more of this great story with you in all the coming weeks. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. Well, hi there! I'm Dr. Budrick young Stuff. My friends call me Bud. I'm a self-help life coach that spent my life seeking out ways to help the lost and lonely on their road to success. If you need guidance, advice for self-improvement, and a good long honest look in the mirror to see where you are and where you want to be, I understand. You may have tried other methods to solve your problems, but you've never tried Bud stuff. Maybe the answer to your negative self-image is a little Bud stuff. Trying new things can get you in touch with yourself. If you have drinking problems, we promise you we can show you how to do bud stuff completely dry. It's hard work, but sometimes nature needs to take its course. If you have a loved one who is struggling, we highly suggest you catch them off guard and suggest they try bud stuff. They may not want it at first, and that's okay. We don't try bud stuff on anyone who isn't ready. Sometimes it just takes a while to get there. Fill that hole you have deep down inside. It can hurt, it can stink, and it can make you feel defeated. But once you've had bud stuff, you'll feel it all day long. Sometimes you need to take the back door to reach your emotions. I'm Dr. Budrick Stuff. Call today. Inside this ancient library, all the floors bear row after row of scrolls, bindings, tombs, and pamphlets, yellowed with age and dusty beyond recognition. The moldering stench of rotting paper clings to every surface as you make your way through the gloomy haze. The only lights are the thin rays forcing their way through the high, slit windows. But there is another light, besides a small candle on the last table in the central reading area. It dimly illuminates a hooded figure poring over a crumbling scroll. As it notices you, it stands to full height. At nearly seven feet tall, Zosimus cuts an imposing figure. His muscular body is covered in coarse black fur, concealed only with a waistcloth and the open robe which he now attempts to pull back. However, the hood catches on his protruding goat horns. There is little humanity in Zosimus, save his overall shape, but his eyes are not the rectangle-pupiled novelty common to most goats, 
Instead, they are a soft jade green with a warmth you did not expect. This is very uncomfortable. I don't know why I put on the hoods. It gets so cold in these stacks. He's trying to remove the hood from his horns and does not seem to be doing a great job of it. When they're hit with the vision of just these stacks of scrolls and books, I was like, I think the tears are a little contagious. (laughs) Getting a little worked up here. I know. I get the same way every time. Here, let me help you with that hood. Uh, Can I slide a hand it just to... He drops to uh, his knee and gives you an opportunity. 25. Nice. Yeah, uh, he seems to have completely pulled it onto the horns, and his horns do have a bit of a curl to them, making it harder to get off, but you managed to pull them clear. There. All better. Now you can get on with your dance faster. I did not realize I was dancing. Uh, your show? Your your play? What do you mean? I think what my friend is trying to say is that uh, we're from another world. And while we are in this world, everything feels somewhat like a performance to us. Uh, performance? I, I, I do not understand. It's difficult to explain. I didn't mean to confuse you. Uh-huh. This is as it should be. There it is. So, what do you do here in this tower? Uh, I, I read, as you can imagine. Your life is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, true, but maybe I would rather be uh, human or something like it with the ability to have problems and solve them. Me and Penny used to spend hours telling each other stories about what we would do. Oh, I'm going to wash the dishes and it's going to be very upsetting. It is an upsetting task. Is it? I always enjoy washing the dishes, though they rarely is a situation where I need to. If you ever want to trade places, if only that were possible. I don't imagine it'd be that bad here. I've yet to see a dish everybody's just eating off their fingers. Uh, true. Uh, it is often at feasts. Ah. And then I'm sure a bunch of lambs come in and lick the plates clean or something convenient. What is lamb? Uh, it's an animal from where we're from. Ooh. Sounds delicious. I'd be lying if I said they weren't. <laughs> Something you notice about all of these creatures, even those with more animal aspects, is they all have fangs and sizers designed for chewing meat. Evolutionarily logical. Uh, All of the other siblings of Penny that we've met have had something to tell or share with us. What do you have? Nothing much. Just, well, mm. he goes back to the scroll he was reading. I'm like immediately at his side, like, ah. Uh, what little? Actually, go ahead and give me a knowledge history to yeah. see how much uh, Eudaimonian you can remember. Yeah, yeah, I put on my glasses to give myself guidance. Ooh, there you go. Can Hal eeny meeny miny mo a book off of the shelf and look at it? Absolutely. I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> the scrolls are in Eudaimonian. Not a Eudaimonian you've ever read, because you haven't read much. You were taught the alphabet, but this alphabet seems different. Something about the handwriting and the way it's ordered. Is it written backwards? You can't seem to parse it out. Damn. Don't worry. If you're trying to read it, you won't be able to find any answers. That is a challenge I would love to take on if I had more time. Uh, you see, it is written in uh, what you would call metaphor. Mm. And that metaphor is uh, difficult to analyze. What I am doing 
is uh, trying to break down prophecy. This is wonderful. Everything you're saying is honey in my ears. <laughs> that sounds very sticky and likely to cause infection in mortals. But also a metaphor. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, too many metaphors and now I have a hard time hearing them. Standing off to the side, Hal is kind of looking at a shelf and he just kind of dip, dip, sky blue, who's it not? And grabs a book and opens it. The book that you grab seems to be a collection of stories of heroes of legend. It seems to be written in common and you are able to read it without any real issue. You see illustrations of great warriors taking down vast and terrible monsters. You see one specific example of a gargantuan, almost turtle-like creature with great spines. And at first you think maybe it doesn't have any eyes, but it's nestled back on its head. It has huge horns and seems to have the skin the color of a like ochre and brick. How will say, Avos, uh, I can read this one. It's written in pictures. <laughs> this one's written in pictures. That's my kind of book. I imagine fate guided your hand to the book you could understand. That is a, a legendary monster. Very something very terrible. What's it called? I don't know. <laughs> sometimes naming a creature makes it more terrifying. Indeed. But also sometimes things that have no names are the most dangerous. Agreed. Names are things of power. My name is Zosimus, as far as you understand. If you were to know what my real name was, that could be a problem for me. Yeah, I know Penny's real name isn't Penny, but she's never told it to us. No, that would be a very silly name for a, well, whatever Penny is. Speaking of, we're here to find her. Yes, that is what I have been told. You seem so educated in many things. Uh, in our time with Penny, she changed. Uh, she was reborn as something else. Something else took her place. Um, and that, to our knowledge, is who we're seeking. This is difficult to explain, but I will do my best. What you are talking about is not replace or death or change. It is a remanifestation. The creature that you are talking about is the same creature that you knew. It is just another version, another piece, another finger, another eye. Yes, that is far better terminology than I could have put together. But I think you speak of what happened with Arsenicos. Yes. You have to understand this is a very complicated idea that many people do not understand. Only I and Rhea truly grasp these complexities. It seemed like a very strange situation on a cosmic scale. Arsenikos is a god. It bound itself to her spirit. Through the shield and weapon. Yes. When she reformed, she incorporated him into her body, into her self. And so a little bit of him is in all versions of her. But it was the one that did it, the one that made the decision that is strongest in that manifestation. Yes, that makes sense. That was somewhat my understanding, but you're shining light on a lot of the details that I did not grasp. But more importantly, you have to understand that when she walked into the Astrum, that version of her was dispersed. And then 
something else took her place. Just like before? Yes, but now that thing, it is bad, wrong. This might be complicated to explain, but imagine a planet and things orbiting that planet. If one of these things is pushed only a little bit every time it orbits, it gets farther and farther away until eventually it escapes the orbit. Mm-hmm. That thing is still a part of Penny, but is not a reflection of the core. If the core is good and fey, it can be anything at once, a singular but still tied to the original Penny. When she vacated her position, her primacy, it was able to wheedle its way back and take control. It is now back in orbit and it is poisoning who she is. So it took advantage and waited for a moment to take her place. Yes. And this wrongness, is it tied to the Blackwood? We think so. But we do not know. The Darkwood is something that we do not fully understand. Only that it came so long ago, and when we fought it, Arsenikos was the leader, the general, I think is the word you would use. And he fought. And then he was sacrificed as a way to keep the peace. When our Pentecos entered the Astrum and was dissipated, is there a way to bring back Pentecost in another form. You are talking about very powerful cosmic magic that no normal, lowly plural like me would understand. I only ask because if Arsenikos was the spearhead against the Black Wood, and that is our destination, having them on our side seems only logical. For that, you would need our mother. I see. You may know her name as Calliope. This we have been told, yes. But she went after Penikos when she came home. Penikos, to my knowledge, ran to the Darkwood for something, for some purpose we do not understand. And the mother followed. And this was the imposter, Penikos. It is not an imposter. You cannot think about it like this. I understand, yes. I'm muddling my words out of desperation to understand. It is important that you more than understand you use the words correctly, because if you say the wrong words, words become thought. And if anybody here doubts that, it can be problematic. But the one that returned was the corrupted version. Yes. And now the Darkwood grows. So you're telling me that here in this place, having our heads empty is actually a benefit? If you think about it, in a singular way, yes. How high fives, Wusha? <laughs> <laughs> high five received. Rhea can tell you more. She has always been the smartest of us. The heir, if you will, to mother's power and her knowledge, which is why I think she was so angry when Penikos was chosen. We should hurry to the Darkwood then, yeah? She is not in the Darkwood. In order to do this properly, you're going to need something else. Uh, assistance and Rhea and the rest of us are going to help give that to you I see we have seen these things in prophecy the, the best of our abilities we're going to try and help but 
we are not singulars, and this is not a material world. And so anything we do is going to be subject to fate. I only hope that your fate is better than ours seems to be. He stands and exits the library. I almost takes a too long moment, just absorbing the sights and running his finger lasciviously across the bookshelf. <laughs> I'll be back perhaps someday. Hal sets the book down on top of the shelf instead of replacing it among the rows. Opus, no, down, down. Oh, he hungy. <laughs> oh, relieving. Good. I'm more of a sad horse kitchen man than a dark goat library man. Welcome back to Sad Horse Kitchen. <laughs> Echo, Epiphany, and Apophras are all waiting for you. They are wearing simple hiking gear as though they are ready for a day on the mountain. And that is exactly where you're headed. Oh, dear. There is a path of marble cobbles leading up in a simple ramp towards the top of the mountain on which you stand. It's a simple thing, not difficult by any stretch of the imagination. There's no crazy twists and turns. The rocks don't seem to shift under your feet. It's like it was made to be walked. Like you were made to be here. As you crest the final rise, the last rays of golden sunlight cascade over a ruined amphitheater. And at its center, before an altar of stone, stands Rhea, the flowing stream. But she is nearly unrecognizable. The woman who stands before you is ensconced in a robe of stars. Her head is shaven, and her antlers have been torn off. In their place, two bloody holes. She turns her pearl-white eyes to you and gestures to the altar. I gotta say, Rust, I'm loving these, you, Damon. It's like a whole family of goofy little guys. Excuse me? I mean, the dumb one, the spooky one, the hot one? Which one is the hot one? Like you don't know. I suppose I have an affinity for anyone with the discipline to spend as much time in the library as Osimus. My dear Lord Rusty, I didn't know you swunked that way. If you could stop wearing your genitals as a thinking cap for half a second... Yeah, I can rule the world, I know. No, the hot one is obviously... By all the lords, it's the collar director. You what? No! The collar director's like a seven at best. No, the hot one is clearly rare. With that shaved head goth mommy vibe? Put me on that altar and tell me I've been a bad... Just read the damned report. It would seem Phileas Priodex Anthor, Abelite and former director of the Collar Operations, has hijacked the Collar and driven it into the cosmic storm that separates the real from the infinite. Why in hot buttered gum would anyone want to take a dip in that infinity pool? After some unusual behavior over the past few months, Anthor finally reached a breaking point during the recent incident with the Fallow Crown. He was replaced by Clive Traeger, human member of the Magical Union of Laborers and senior technician aboard the Collar. One can only surmise that Anthor was so overwhelmed by the shame of his termination that he was driven to madness. So what does this mean? It means the collar has been destroyed. And without it, no one can enter the Axis. This place is weird. I like them. 
I like the family though. Bouchard's in trouble. Oh yeah. Bouchard's in trouble. I gotta stay quiet. That's really <laughs> fucking hard. Oh yeah. I mean, let's not spoil anything. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. That's actually why Gilder was so insistent that you just keep your damn mouth <laughs> shut as he was trying to prepare you for being here. Gilder has been my secret trainer the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I just like when when that came up, you're, you're like, you know, so so not thinking's a, a benefit here. I just imagined both Hal and Wusha at the end of the first Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like choose, <laughs> like choose a form. Uh, any any time now. <laughs> yeah. Say we were deers in the headlights. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go around the table and talk about our favorite moments. Mm. I think my favorite moment was um, what would have been like one of the more or less threatening siblings that Max and Wusha are trying to like, all right, kind of open up to just, okay, it's fine. And as soon as I ask, hey, what do you do, blood? <laughs> well, I think just, that just had like a good beat. To the, the hard one. Yeah, it's like, a, well, yeah. Way to remind us that we are in a, uh, in a weird utopian dystopia. <laughs> Those words don't belong together, but that's all I can call it. No, man, you're spot on, though. My, it's split right down the middle. Mm. I, I really love Gaspar's suspicion of everyone here. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I should state that I, Angelo really likes what's going on. <laughs> oh, hell Gaspar yeah. Gaspar fucking hates. G- Gaspar is in, in a living hell right now. And yeah. it's nice to see him like this out of sorts because he always seems, you know, cool as the phrase goes, head in the game. Because it's, it's in a remoras. It's it's true. It's goddamn true. And the other one is Iavos' implied book boner. <laughs> no implication here. <laughs> the hardback. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, just don't dog ear it. Michael? Gosh, right now, <laughs> right now from my little safety COVID closet, I'm <laughs> I'm so hungry. The shepherd's pie description <laughs> is the was the thing that like was was just the most mouthwater. I'm just like, I would I would fuck a shepherd's pie up so bad right now. I'm so hungry. Yeah. But I, I did, I did appreciate that. What was her name? The little centaur gal. Oh, Apophis. Apophis. I, I appreciated her. Her stress reaction was literally eating her feelings. <laughs> Aww. That was that was really cute, and I appreciated that. Literally or metaphorically? Both, I think. <laughs> I think metaphors are literal here. <laughs> the two are the yeah, same, same in this world. <laughs> I don't know why I always have a weakness for like inherently sad characters, like the ones who like by nature are always sad. Inherently mm. sad cooks, you might relate. Mm. <laughs> wow. Like the lower half of a horse. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'm missing. Uh, only part, only mm. part of my lower half is horse-like. I really like the interplay where Wuxia like kind of yearned for food and then the cart of, of meats appeared. Because um, that's exactly how I imagine Evdemonia. Yeah. For sure. Eudemonia. Shut up. <laughs> Penny has the speech impediment. No, eudemonia. <laughs> right, yeah, I've thought that a couple times too. Surprised they, they probably don't. I, I wonder what the eudemonian understanding of seafood is. <gasps> I, you know, I was going to bring up like a, like a fisherman's pie instead of a shepherd's pie. I imagine pie. only one kind of crabs comes up here very often. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, it's a paradise. <laughs> I mean, as much as in character, it would be a beautiful tower full of ancient fey books. Like that's just 
great. I, I'm always happy to get to role play a little culinary adventure, even if it's just helping a crying horse cut some onions. Dana, I was kind of hoping you would tell me uh, how you feel about these siblings. Yeah, I was actually, I was curious. Oh, yeah. It kind of hurt my feelings a bit. <laughs> I was curious if, if Dana wrote any of these siblings and this None. is lore that Dana created or if all of this is Zach's imagination. This is all Zach. If you don't want to, if you, if you don't want to divulge your feelings here, that's okay. We oh, can no, talk I, about it later. I love all, I love all my, my siblings. Yeah. You want her to highlight only one of them? Yeah, you can't pick a favorite sibling, Zach. That's Fair. that's that's a question of someone who doesn't have siblings. We also haven't like met the whole family yet, but I no, I'm I'm enjoying listening and uh, seeing what what happened to them when they went in and out of your brain. Yeah, dark things. I imagine <laughs> all the all the different variations on the penny accent are fucking mm-hmm. incredible by the way it's fun huh <laughs> thank you <laughs> from in here at first when echo started talking i wondered if zach was having dana voice a character because it was pretty good <laughs> and i was like no no that's zach he's just doing a pretty good pretty good penny i think half the table can do a pretty good penny at this point that is true <laughs> yeah well i want to thank sam hediger the editor for editing this episode and i want to thank you all for listening this is the second act of the four-act uh, experience that is Eudaimonia. Uh, look forward to the next one, and until then, I wish you luck. Hey.